Yes, it's your new favorite podcast about board games, The Boarding Party. Now grab your meeples and let's hit the table. Welcome back, everybody. It's The Boarding Party, formerly Nameless But Not Gameless, formerly before that, The Boarding Party. (laughs) (laughs) So we just had, you know, we've had some issues with the name, but it's The Boarding Party, really. Welcome back. We haven't done The Boarding Party podcast in probably a good year, just because it's hard to get everyone together to talk about the board games, and we play uh, once a week, usually. Except in these troubled times, uh, we are not playing at all with our group. We do play via house party. We have played Sorry. a couple of trivia games, things like that. Games we've modified for uh, game night or for you know for being able to use over uh, social media. But our actual game meetup has been postponed for the near future. Although um, our friendly local game shop called uh, Shuffle and Cut is back up and running, so check them out. I think they have only have a Facebook page right now, but you go to Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash shuffle and cut, and they're in La Habra, California. They're a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, game shop. Matt is a wonderful owner. Go Bends, out, bends over backwards to uh, make people feel welcome there. Has a whole bunch of demo games you can play when things get going. But right now, he's offering curbside pickup. If you're local and you want to go buy a game and you don't know, you haven't heard, he is offering curbside pickup. So go check him out. Um, all the games you could ever want mm-hmm. are there at Shuffle and Cut. And if you're a Magic player, uh, tons of, uh, of that stuff, too. I don't know anything about Magic the Gathering. I just know that uh, I, they have a ton of it there at the shop. But, uh, yeah, so what we are is we, we usually, a group of us, our board game group, gets together and we review the latest board games that we've played. Sometimes not necessarily the newest. It might be new to us, but we get together and we talk about it and we kind of give our rankings. Um, but this time, because we're in the middle of a quarantine, my wife and I have been uh, playing a new, almost not a brand new, but we've been playing games two or three nights a week, sometimes on the weekends. I think our, our record on a Saturday was we got uh, eight games played in one. Yeah, hour. that I didn't. That was before I was writing it down. I you didn't get any of those. No, I don't think so. Or my wife has a beautiful uh, color coordinated calendar. Color coordinated calendar. I'm going to say that three times fast. Uh, stuff I would never think to do. I'll occasionally try to remember what we've what we've played. But what we're going to do is we're going to go over. What she does have a record of, and we're going to talk about some of the games we've played um, during this quarantine. And all this stuff is readily available. So, like I said, if you want to call up Matt, if you hear something we talk about on the show, and you live in the area, and you want to run out and play it, head to Shuffle and Cut, call them up. Uh, they'll have it ready for you, curbside, pick it up. Um, you know, he's in the middle of getting restocked right now, so you might have to wait a week or two, but to, he'll definitely work with you, so... Do that before you shop other options. Some of the games we play are exclusive to places like Target. If you guys are following me on Instagram, you know that I'm playing the game Mixtape. 
unfortunately, that's a Target exclusive. I don't think we carry and it anymore. You're not carrying it anymore. Okay, well, then maybe Matt will have it now that it's not an exclusive anymore. Yeah. You know, so, but that's a good thing. But there are there are certain titles that are, I think the new Villainous is, or one of the, one of the game villainous game packs is uh yeah is um exclusive exclusive to target but let's uh can we well we'll talk about villainous later i really try to like that game i do i honestly do <laughs> uh so what has this been so the quarantine has been so we have a game room that we built and a lot of people go oh my god are you ever going to get a chance to play all those games? Guess what, guys? We've got a chance to play a lot of the games we have in here. Yeah. And we've played some new ones that uh, have been sitting on what we like to call the, the shelf of shame. <laughs> games that we've had for a long time that we haven't quite gotten around to. Uh, for example, this weekend we just played Rebellion, Star Wars Rebellion by uh, Fantasy Flight. We've had it since it came out. I think it's been out two or three years. Uh and uh, we've played it. We played it one time, and we didn't even finish the whole game. Mm-mm. So we played our first complete game Saturday. We loved it, mm-hmm. but um, there were some problems when you don't play a game all the time. Um, setup and going over the rules can be a little bit of a of a beast. Uh, yeah, especially the refresh for, on that one was mm-hmm. pretty heavy. We basically had to rewatch all of the. The rules over again, and once we got it, it wasn't it wasn't difficult. Yeah. Thank uh, God for YouTube. Thank God for YouTube. Watch it played is always a go to source for us. Although it didn't help much that Rodney was only reading the instruction manual on that one, so we skipped around and we found one. But um, that was a good game. We'll, we'll get into we'll get into the nuts and bolts of of that game a little bit in a little bit. Uh, what do you want to start out with, Nicole? What game would you like to? Let me ask you this: Out of all the games we've played in the during this last two months, is there a favorite? Is there one that you haven't uh, gotten tired of yet? I mean, I really have enjoyed most of them. Oh, yeah. The one you didn't like was... Uh, I wrote it down because I put a sad face next to it. It was Among the Stars, right? Yes. Among the Stars. was not a fan. Uh, I think that would have played better with four people. Maybe. I think that would have played better with four. Sometimes playing with that, the only drawback to playing with, with two players is sometimes you have a dummy third player. They'll be like a like a, a proxy third player, and uh, you kind of have to make the moves for them, or they represent. They'll take up space on a worker placement board or something like that. And it's not always the best mechanic. Sometimes some of these games you need three or four people for. Some of these games that are for three or four people scale down perfectly for two players, though. Um, so I feel like. It goes both ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that one, like I said, it was just all chance. Because you never really got a chance to plan ahead. You're, you're, you were trading cards. You're drafting cards. You don't get to see ahead. You're getting cards at random. Every you, you take one card, you pass it to your neighbor. You take one card, you pass it to your neighbor. So you're kind of at the mercy of whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look, look at it this way. Star Wars Rebellion, though. I couldn't get anything going because I kept crapping out of my dice rolls. <laughs> so same thing. And that was a, you know, would you rather have that happen in a game that takes five minutes to set up and play? Or would you rather have it a, a game that takes a good 20 minutes of setup and then, you know, nice. I don't know. There's just something like the chance of the dice fills. I don't I just, I would prefer that. 
often that than well, like a blind draft because it wasn't take a card and pass it to your neighbor. It was keep a card, pass everything else. So yeah, it's kind of like in Seven Wonders. You do that in Seven Wonders, like, and you're hoping the card comes back around to you. Yeah, I was like, gosh, dang it! Like yeah. it just it doesn't bother you in Seven Wonders though. We haven't played that in so long, but I don't think so. Okay. All right. So, what game do you want to start out with? I don't know. Well, let's go. What's the earliest one you have recorded? Let's let's do it that way. Um. So the earliest date I have is April nineteenth. Is the first one I wrote down. Okay. So we're a month into the quarantine. What are we playing? One month into the quarantine. Um. Well, these ones are some that I had requested. Ramen Fury. Oh yeah. And Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride. And uh, we also played Biblios and Sabak that night. Okay. So Ticket to Ride, for those of you, if you're just tuning in for the first time, and why would you be if you're not into board games, but welcome. Ticket to Ride is considered one of the new classic games, board I games. Love that game. Kind of one of the gateway into modern board games, along with uh, uh, people will cite Carcassonne, people will cite um, Settlers of Catan. Basically, the the they were kind of the... Um, the non, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. They, they, so the, they were the first board games that were beyond Monopoly, Life, Candyland, things like that, Battleship, that you could find at major retailers. Like mm-hmm. it, it started, you know, they were the first ones that started popping up in places like Target and Walmart, mm-hmm. stuff like that. <clears throat> so they're really considered, Ticket to Ride is considered a modern classic. Um, and uh, it's we. You have the really wonderful version by Days of Wonder, the uh, the tenth anniversary edition, yeah. which uh, which I think I got you for your birthday or Christmas. Christmas I don't remember. I want to say it's got the really nice articulated train pieces. It's a huge board, really, really. That game for me holds up, and that is a beautiful game to teach somebody if they want to get into the wider world of modern board gaming. Yeah, that's a perfect yeah entry I really point. Enjoy playing that because it's very easy. And unlike games like Monopoly or Life, it's a Euro-style. And the easiest way to describe a Euro-style game, for those of you who aren't familiar with all of the board game slang, is a Euro-style game is usually one where uh, one of the mechanics, well, not one of the mechanics, but one of the features of a Euro, of most Euro games is nobody gets eliminated. There's no player elimination. Everybody's in the game until the very last turn. And sometimes... There's something that can turn the score so you're always competing. Yeah, there's you, never there's not usually not a clear winner and some unless someone's got like a runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're getting lapped on the board or something. There's usually not a clear, clear winner because there's always calculations and things you do at the end. So in, in um in Ticket to Ride, one of the things the person who gets the longest what you're doing is you're building train routes from city to city in the United States. In the original game, it's the United States, and uh, you get points for finishing a route. You have to lay your, you have to match, uh, train car. You you have cards that you pull, and those cards have colors on them. And when you have cards that match the color and number of cards on a route on the map, you complete that leg of the route, and then you place your train cars, and you can block each other and do things like that. Um, to make it more difficult for your opponents. But uh, as I said, everybody's in the game. You can just find another route to get all the way around. And uh, it makes for a very interesting gameplay because um, you can have some fierce competition because there's certain points in the map where the 
tracks will bottleneck and everybody is kind of fighting for those. Or if there's one, some places have two routes, like two train tracks to get from A to B, mm-hmm. and some just have one. Yes. So if somebody takes the one you need, you got to figure out a way to go out and around it. But what ends up happening is someone will end up with the longest route. So if you take, you know, the starting point and you take, you follow those train cars all the way to to the till they end, um, and you have the most in one line, in one continuous line, you will get the lo- the the longest train bonus. And a lot of times that we've played, mm-hmm. that ends up being the deciding factor: who can get that card? Because it's ten points. Because it's ten points at the end of the game. So you're competing the whole time. Another game similar, very similar to Settlers of Catan, where people are trying to get the longest road or the largest army, and that changes from player to player as the game goes around. Mm-hmm. So you have this beautiful mechanic where you're, everybody's fighting until the last possible turn to get as many points as they can. So nothing, there's, you're never, you never feel like you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. So when we when we talk about euros that's what we're talking about and ticket to ride is a wonderful wonderful example of that so if you see that if you're trying to get into modern board gaming and you you're not sure if you like it ticket to ride is a great entry point yeah because it's easy enough you'll learn it in 5 minutes and once you learn it there's a lot of strategy to be had and it's a lot of fun and then there are different versions there's europe and different things mm-hmm. where they add train tunnels and yeah europe adds stations so you can you know yeah, can, so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned one called Ramen Fury. Ramen Fury is an adorable game. <laughs> it looks like a bag of ramen, and you're basically just trying to build a bowl of ramen using cards. And everybody, uh, you can kind of try to screw your neighbor by uh, putting stuff in there that ingredients they don't need, or or stealing, or ingredients. stealing ingredients, or taking. It's a really, really fast, quick game. Mm-hmm. The more players you have, I think it plays up to five. The more players you have with that. Uh, the better. And I'm actually going to get up from the microphone for a second and grab it so you're going to hear me move. I apologize, but I just want to get the publisher's name and the creator. Um, it's uh, Ramen Fury. It's by a game called, uh, it's a company called Mixlore. I don't have the author's name on the box, but the, the bag looks like a bag of, of ramen. Yeah, it I actually- remember when you bought it and you set it on the table, and I was thinking, why did he bring Robin ramen here? Like I was so confused why you had ramen all of a sudden. Ramen Fury. It's a great game. Real quick, real quick little Yeah, it's cute. Great little starter game. And then what else did we play that night? That night we also played Biblios and then Sabak. Ooh, Biblios is a great oh that's a good game for two players. It plays up to four. Uh very, very uh oops. Very, very quick, easy game. Again, quick to learn. Uh might take you a little while to master. But very easy to learn, and I'm trying to see it's where I here. put it. I put it over here. Oh yes, Biblios. Biblios is by Steve Finn, and basically you're auctioning. You're trying to buy uh, texts, ancient religious texts. Um, my wife and I have a theory about uh, board games, modern board games, especially Euro games. <laughs> this is published by uh, Yellow Games. I always say Iello, but I've heard it's Yellow. Iello, I don't know. Uh, my wife and I have a, a theory that the more boring the box, especially in the Euros, the better the game is. Uh, Biblios is a really, really easy game. There's You use dice, but only to keep score. And uh, you're auctioning off cards. You're actually drafting cards. And you're handing cards to your neighbors. And you're putting cards in piles that are going to be sold off later. And uh, you just want to score the highest point. Each color die, there are five different colors of dice. 
they'll all score a different number depending on the pips that are showing. So, you know, if one's four, it's going to be worth one that's showing three. And you can manipulate the dice as you go along. If you see that your your opponent has more green, you can drop the value of the green. If you see that you have more brown, you can raise the value of brown. So really, really fun game for two to four players. Plays very well with two players. Um, there's a little bit of a – you have to do a little bit of a workaround for the players that are missing, but very easy. That's a good one. Biblios is a, is a good one. And it comes in and out of print, so when it's in print, find it. It's not very expensive. It'll set you back maybe like 20 bucks, I think. What's the next one on the list there, young lady? Sabak. Sabak. Sabak we actually bought at Disneyland, at Galaxy's Edge. It's a variation on the game from Star Wars, and you're basically trying just to get – the closest to zero. Some cards are negative, some cards are positive. And there are all these really difficult hands you can play that we don't know. So we just try to get closest to zero. Uh, you have to be closest to zero positive on the positive. You can't be negative and be close. You get a negative one. Positive one will beat a negative one. But uh, yeah, you're just trying to get closest to zero. It's a lot of fun. There's a little bit of a dice uh, element. Mm-hmm. You roll dice, and if you roll doubles, everybody loses their hand, and you have to pick another hand. Really quick, fun, mm-hmm. very addicting, very addicting game. So yeah. for uh, for a game that's uh, kind of a knockoff or just kind of somebody made it up. I do wish the instructions were printed slightly larger. Yes. We could do with printing those out Ooh. so you could see the hands because you have to – they don't look like cards. They don't look like any cards that you know. They're all – there are pips on them, but then – once you get into the face cards, they're all different. And different hands can mean different things. So we just play, try to play with two cards and get to a natural zero. Uh, then what was the next date we played, young lady? Uh, so the next night was a, um, we played a lot. Okay. So we played Yinch. Oh, Yinch is a great. Uh, Exploding Kittens. Okay. Diner, Red 7, uh, Scheherazade, and then we played Sabak again. Okay, so we played Sabak. Yeah, we were on a little Sabak kick there for a little bit. Uh, Yinch is a great um, um, abstract strategy game, a little bit like checkers. Kind of hard to explain. You you basically have, it looks like a Chinese checkerboard, and you put these rings down. Each each person gets five rings. It's it's a two-player game. You get five rings, and every time you move that ring, you leave a circle with your color on that position and your your goal is to try to get five in a row uh the 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 twist comes in when somebody jumps your piece uh, jumps your little marker it flips to their color so you're trying to get five in a row without giving up any of yours and what happens is as you if you do it successfully if you get a yinch successfully you actually lose one of your pieces so you have because you have to use your piece to is your score marker. Mm-hmm. So it gets very difficult, more and more difficult to win if you get out ahead early on. You're actually at a disadvantage. So that's a really, really good one. That is part of a, a series of abstract games. I forgot what they're called. Let me get you the... I should have had them piled up, but I forgot the... Let me find out where who Yinch is actually without having to get up. Um, this is the one that we really like, and it's very easy. Once you see it played once, you'll know how to play it. Kind of reminds me of Minesweeper. A little bit. Where you're turning the colors over as you jump them. Yeah, it's by Neo Grand Games, uh, and it is 
Let me look it up here on the old Board Game Geek. I'm sorry I don't have this ready, but uh, we just kind of decided to do this in impromptu on the fly. It's designed by Chris Berm. And um, I don't have my glasses on. I think it's Berm, B-U-R-M. But it's, it's uh, yeah, it's part of another... Um, it's part of another group of games, including uh, GIF and uh, a couple of others, and they're all abstract, uh, abstract strategy games. Really, really fun. We like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend it. Looks like something out of the seventies, like Othello or something. <laughs> uh, what else? What was our next one? Then? Um. Oh, sorry. Uh. Exploding Kittens. Oh, Exploding Kittens. That's another one that even if your friends that don't play uh, board games, uh, they know this game. Very quick, easy, fun uh, card game from the people who brought you. Is it from The Oatmeal? I think it's the, the comic book, The Oatmeal, or the comic, the web the web comic, The Oatmeal. I think it's from them. It's very, very quick. You're just trying to make pairs of kitties and mm-hmm. not explode them because they will explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very quick fast game you you see this on sale at all the big box stores but again you can find it at your at your friendly local game shop so please 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 give them some business because this game is never very much it's like 20 bucks no matter where you find it so pick it up what else do we have young lady uh diner diner is a weird game i don't i think i got it at shuffling cut it's just a quick little card game where you're trying to Make plates. You're trying to make the most tips. So you have uh, plates in the window, plates at the counter, and then you're trying to uh, take people's orders and give them food and collect the cards and then get the money on the tip. Um, so you want to have the most tips, just as in life. Uh, you want to have the most. It's just a quick little card game. I can't even. I thought you were going to say just the tips. <laughs> just the tips. That's going to be the name of my board game <laughs> it's going to be a bartending board game and it's going to be called just the tips um yeah i can't find that actual game i i, I want to give the author some credit um it's just called diner uh diner card game that's a very quick game it's a good that's a good little uh, starter if you have any friends in the service industry they will never want to play it um let's see oh i found the details here Again, I apologize. I found it on an undisclosed website that will not be. I won't be. It shall not be named. It's currently unavailable, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't have the author. Oh, okay. Well, I try to give the. the I try to give the publisher the author credit. Oh, it's Matthew O'Malley. Matthew O'Malley is the author of that one. Okay. And then we played, what else, young lady? I'm sorry, I keep doing this. Red 7. Red 7. Red 7 is by Osmati Games, I believe. Uh, Yeah, I have it right here. Yep, Osmati Games. It's by Carl Chudik and Chris Sieslick. And it is, um, whoever has the highest, you always have, Red 7 is the highest card and then there are colors. You have your palette in front of you, and all the cards are different colors. And what you the the whole game is there are instructions on the card, or they'll tell you what the value of the card is. You have to have 
the winning card in your hand at the end of every turn or you're eliminated. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a lot harder than it is. But once you see it plays, it may it pay, it see, see it played. It makes perfect sense. This is another really good one for for two players. So, but we've played it with four players, and it's great too. So that's a good one. Red Seven, nice little quick card game. And then we played Scheherazade. Scheherazade. Oh, how do you say that? Uh, Scheherazade. Yeah, which is a storytelling game. It's a little tile laying game. It's a little co op tile laying game, and you're just trying to basically. The Arabian Nights, you're trying to tell the stories that were told in the Arabian Nights, and you build, you, you, you take all, you, the tiles are all numbered, you shuffle them up, and you divide them, and then you're laying tiles and trying to name them in numerical order, in ascending order, and uh, if you don't follow the rules that the tiles are supposed to be down in, you don't get points, and you're supposed to get, there's no winning, but you want to be the best storyteller. Mm-hmm. I think we we made the minimum, but we could never get. It's really difficult to lay the tiles. You have to get them exact in the exact order, and figure out where they're going to go. So there's a. It's a nice little quick strategy game because you're working together. And it's very pretty. It's a beautiful game. The tiles are beautiful. The drawings are lovely. Some of these games, you know, there are games where the art just kind of, you yeah. know, is really the, the the main draw. That's definitely one of them. But it is a good game too. You just have to. You can play it solo too as well it's like a little puzzle game so yeah. um that was it for that night uh, and then we played sabak again yeah gotta get those zeros gotta get down to zero then what do we do this is exciting <laughs> it's our journal i'm just trying to make sure i don't miss anything uh and then one night we played castles of burgundy castles of burgundy that was our first time playing castle of burgundy a very um very, very highly recommended um, modern board game in the European style. Again, boring. Awful box. Yeah. Box looks terrible. Uh, you you just keep going if you saw it. Um, it looks like something, it looks like an advertiser or something that's going to be on Masterpiece Theater in <laughs> 1970s PBS. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's great. A great, great little, uh, little, little game where you're trying to... Um, you are it's the castles of burgundy mm-hmm. and you're trying to lay out your castle and what your castle what your castle is going to look like and you get points for how things are laid out and you only have so much room for certain things and it's really really well done yeah really really um the word elegant is used in a lot of games and that is definitely a game that's elegant that's there's no there's not a lot of flash but every move makes perfect sense in the way the game is constructed everything is just it it, it it fits together like clockwork. So Steffenfeld comes highly recommended. And we actually played another one of his games, Aquasphere. We played that for the next f- night. Yeah, <laughs> Aquasphere, because I was so impressed with uh, Castle Burgundy. I had an Aquasphere that I got in a Christmas blind box. I think that's the same box we got... Um, we got uh, uh, Among the Stars, <laughs> unfortunately. But we bought a, a we bought a blind box from our friendly local game shop, did a uh, blind boxes a couple of years ago. He boxed up a bunch of games and guaranteed they would be a certain value. And you bought, and you paid 50, 60 bucks or whatever. And you got, uh, actually, we ended up, I think I played all the games that we got. I don't, there was one maybe that I didn't enjoy. But other than that, I think we've been, we got really lucky with that one. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, he was pretty good about curating those. And that was one of them, um, was the Aquasphere, which is, um, Steffenfeld game, it's a worker placement game where you're in an undersea lab and you're making these little robots, you're programming robots to run around the um, 
the sea base and fight octopods and do all kinds of crazy stuff and, and build things and, and, you know, expand your lab. And it's a lot of fun. It's really, really, again, there was a little bit of a learning curve at first, but then once you get it, it kind of clicks and you're, yeah. you're off to the races. That and I don't think you felt well that night. So I kept going, no, that's not, that's yeah, not, I was, that's not. Yeah, I was really tired that night. I remember I was not feeling my best, but uh, I, we got through it. We need to give play that game now that I can give it my full attention because I really did like it. Yeah, I really did like it. So Aquasphere, I give I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. So that uh, night we also played one to T Rex. One to T Rex from the people that brought you exploding kittens. Um, it's a party game, but we played it for two people. It's right. Uh, it's in here somewhere. <laughs> it's got a really cool box. It's in the room. Um, basically, what you're doing is you're playing charades, but instead of trying to guess what the other person is doing, you're trying to guess at what level they're doing it. So you're trying to guess, like, let's say uh, let's say Nicole's uh, card is to uh, flex, and I have to guess that she's flexing somewhere on a scale of 1 to 10 where she is. And if you're married to somebody, um, you pretty much find out you're on the same wavelength a lot. <laughs> Which reminds, which brings us to our next game, Wavelength. That's another great mm. game that we played. And I don't. I think that might have been before I was writing them down. That was a. That was a. That's actually a party game that we played as in a modified version for two, and it worked out. You, mm-hmm. you have a, a dial that only one person can see, and you, um, you, you. Let's say the topic is, um, I don't know. Uh, the topic is delicious, and I would look at Nicole and I would say. Barbecue ribs, and she would turn the dial. The answer is underneath. There's a there's a piece that covers the answer. She would turn the dial. It's a looks like an old radio dial. So we go left to right, and it's as she would turn it as far to the right because I want it to be more delicious. (laughs) If I had said Brussels sprouts, she would have known I did not mean delicious, and she would have gone to the left. And you try to get as close to where the target area is it's really really fun game it's it's a fun party game but again if you're on the same wavelength those are two great games and they can be modified for two players if you're stuck in quarantine with just your significant other and you want to play some some fun and see if you can get into each other's heads and i did see somebody i follow on instagram was paying playing that via zoom oh so we'll have to try to modify that because we have been playing some games via Zoom. It might be like the <clears throat> closest to or yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. So we had uh, so we played one to T Rex, and then we played Wavelength. Uh, I think that was before. I don't think you wrote that one down. Yeah, and then uh, Word Spiel. Oh, Word Spiel is a great little game we found in a game shop up in uh, Sebastopol when we were in we were up in Napa Valley for a friend's wedding. And we went to, we had to, we had to help the, we saw people playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It was like Saturday night, like 10 o'clock in this sleepy little town. And I, yeah, was we said, up. we said, that's a game shop for sure. Sure enough, we roll up and there's a game shop. The guy's holding a bunch of teenagers outside playing D&D and the, the owner was just in there, you know, hanging out. And so we went and talked to him and gave him a little business, bought this great, great game called Wordspiel. It's basically a Scrabble game. You're just building uh, words off. You play cards to make letters, and the next person can use uh, some of the cards or the last letter, and then keep building the word. And you build it in a spiral for yeah. some reason. So you could play like if somebody played teal or T. You could put an L and make a teal. Yeah. 
Or you could change the A and make it ape or something yep. completely different. Mm-hmm. Really fun game. Really, yeah. really cool. You know, if you like a little word game, word spiel. And for sure, I don't know why they want you to do it in a circle, but do it in a circle. Word spiel is that Because well, it would go off the table. That's true. You do it in a spiral. Do it in a spiral. It's pretty cool. And the last one we played that night was Azul. Oh, Azul. Beautiful game. Beautiful uh, tile. I guess it's a tile laying game. Um, a little bit of a... A little bit of almost like a Sudoku style puzzle. Um, you're trying to to uh, make put Moorish tiles and make a pattern, and the, there are rules for placement that must be followed. Um, the tiles on that thing are beautiful. It's a beautiful looking game when you have it all together and you build your little wall, your little uh, your tile wall. Um, a lot of fun and a lot of strategy. Yeah. And uh, one of those games where there's not a lot of downtime. Because you're looking ahead to see where... Uh, and you have to be paying attention to what other people are doing. It's got to screw your neighbor mm-hmm. sort of aspect to it. Yeah. If you see somebody going for something, sometimes you got to lay on the green. If you, if, you lay too, if you take too many tiles, you get penalized. So you don't want to take too many, but you want to take just enough that you can fill out your order for each turn. So that's a great one. If you like games like Sagrada or Splendor, Azul fits right in there. Azul is right in that in that. It'll, it'll scratch that itch for you. What else do we have there, young lady? All right. So that was it for that night. And then... Um, let me just, and then... This day we did um, Alhambra. We did the dice version of Alhambra. Oh, yeah. Alhambra, the dice game. Yeah. Alhambra, a great building game. Um, and they did a dice version of it. And the dice version is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We really liked it. We really, really... And there was a weird third-player mechanic. It was Dirk. Dirk was a jerk. Dirk was the third-player boy. He was difficult, but... But that uh, was one where the third-player was smooth. Yes. It, it integrated very well into the, you, into the experience. You set his at the beginning of the round... And then you didn't and worry you about. Didn't worry about it yeah. anymore. And we we were keeping track, and then we stopped keeping track of his points because like, we we don't care if you you know. Mm-hmm. We're not, no one's coming in third to Dirk. No. But uh, that is a great. If you like Alhambra, the game Alhambra, the dice game, mm-hmm. is a wonderful one. Of there are dice, different dice versions of different games, and they don't always work. That one is fantastic yeah. and uh, really smooth, and it gives they give you a little uh, the little leather dice cup. You feel like you might be playing baccarat or something. <laughs> Uh, in the no, I don't think you play Baccarat with dice. There's another game I'm thinking of, Backgammon. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, there was that. Did I pop your mic there? Yeah. Backgammon. Remember Backgammon? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to play Backgammon? I used to. No idea how to play. Always looked, always looked interesting. We used to play it when we'd go camping. Did you ever play Othello? No. Do you remember Othello? Vaguely. Yeah. That was like a '70s board game. You saw it. It was right next to the. It was like the step above. Monopoly, you'd see Othello, there you go. Wow, that's it's like the smart people. Yeah, yeah, that's a sophisticated we game. We didn't own it. It's like cribbage. <laughs> Remember cribbage? You know anybody that knows Is how that to play? Where you played the little pegs? Little pegs, yeah. Yeah. You know anybody that knows how to play cribbage? No. Neither do I. Someone's got to know. Let's bring it back. If you know how to play uh, uh, cribbage, please drop us a line. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love those 70s. Hey, there's some 70s games that are making a comeback. We've got. Uh, we got a Fireball Island from the eighties. That's we got this Dune. We haven't played that yet, so get excited. <laughs> what else we got, young lady? All right. So later that night is when uh, Among the Stars. <laughs> That's happened. what Among the Stars play, made uh, appearance. I apologize for the yawn. I did not get a lot of sleep last night. It has no. It has nothing to do with the company I'm keeping or the topic we're discussing right now. 
I want to be alive and excited. Now I got you doing it. Great. Jeez. Well, I'm also on margarita number two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. See, we could be playing games right now. We could be. Um, And then a couple nights later, we played Llama. Llamas are one of our favorites. Llama's a little quick card game. I think it won the Spiel. Didn't win the Spiel this year. Let me see. Hold on one second. I'm I'm right here with you guys. Llama. It is for uh, two to six players. It was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres in 2019. It is by Reiner Krizia. And it is a fun, fun, fun card game. Yeah. You have numbers one to six and llamas. You can lay, uh, you can put, if you put a one down, you can put a llama on a one. No. no. You can put a llama on a six. And you can put a one on a llama. One on a llama. And you can put the same number on the same card. And you're just trying to dump your hand. And if you get stuck with your cards, you have to add your cards up. You have to add the value of your cards up, but only one. So if you have two sixes, you only add one six. But if you have a six, a four, and a one, you have now 11 points. And it's golf score. You're trying to get the lowest score. So if you hit 40 points, you max out and you're done. And I actually skunked you, mm-hmm. which is, I've never been able to do. Yeah. But it is a super fast, super quick card game. I don't think that time, or maybe, I don't know. I can't wait to play with more players because we have battles with two players. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to go faster when we play with. I can't imagine getting six players in there because people are just throwing cards down like Uno yeah. style. That is a really fun card game. Grab that one, Llama, mm-hmm. if you can get it. That's fun. Yep. And then we played Quicks. Oh, Quicks is another dice game that we discovered. Um, that one you do see at different stores. Um, it comes in a tiny little box. It's a little bit like Yahtzee. You have four different colored dice, and you have four different tracks on your scorecard. The tracks, uh, two run from 12 down to one. The other two down uh, go up from one to 12. And as you, you roll the colored dice and the two white dice, the roller can either take the sum of the two white dice. If Let's say it's a seven. He can mark off one of the sevens on one of the colored uh, score tracks, or he can add one of the white dice with one of the colored dice and mark that score track. And what you're trying to do is knock off as many from each score track, so as many blue, green, yellow, and red. But you can never go backwards. You can never go backwards. Once you mark off a seven, you can't go up to eight or down to six, depending on which way you're going on that track. And it plays very quickly, a lot of strategy, um, very fun if you like rolling dice. And uh, yeah, it's that's a good one. That's yeah. we we we've I had added sitting up here. I don't know how long, and we just never got around to playing we, it. We've pulled it out several times when it's just like I want to play a game, but I don't. Yeah, we. You know, I, I have to work so early, mm-hmm. so let's play a couple of these quick ones. Llama mm-hmm. quicks. You have like ten, that. fifteen minutes to get a game of quicks in. You get a game of llama in, and uh, you know you scratch that itch. scratch that itch, and you feel like you didn't waste a day because a day without board games is like a day without sunshine, right, honey? Okay. <laughs> we didn't play anything today. So, well, we're gonna. It's not. No, we're not. It's still early. No, it's not. We are gonna pull out Star Wars Rebellion right now, oh. and I am gonna just. Okay. Next. And then that night we finished up with Lightning Dice. Lightning Dice is a great games by uh, Wild Wild East Games, and I got it in a pack. Uh, I I funded a game called um, Ill Tempered Tiki's on. Kickstarter. That's another great game, by the way. We haven't played it 
pull that out. We have to play, bust that out again because what, I don't think you remember it. The, when we were trying to little complete the little family of tiki cards, oh. and they threw that in as a Kickstarter bonus. And lightning dice is fantastic. Everybody gets their own set of dice. You 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 every, you get a stack of cards. The stack of cards all have patterns on them. Everybody rolls until they get the their dice to match the pattern on the card. You call it out and you get points. It's awesome. Really really fun. If you like a dice chucker and you want to play something super quick, that is that is a great great quick game. Lightning dice. What else? And then uh, a couple days later, we played Monikers. Oh, Monikers! We love some it. Of the expansions. Monikers, we got on a uh, it's a Creative Commons game, but you can go to Monikers. You can find them. They do sell the games. Uh, they do carry them at. Um, as a matter of fact, when they reopened Shuffling Cut, I picked up two. Uh, th- uh, 330 card expansions. So we now have 600 new cards for Moniker. Moniker is really like three games in one. Um, it's a basically, <laughs> it's a charades, password, and um, what's the other one? Um, taboo, all in one. So <clears throat> there's a deck of cards, and these are some of them are a little little adults, yeah. but it could have anything from uh, you know Kim Kardashian to like a meme, one of your favorite memes. That you know on a card with a description. So the first round, you can read the description. You just can't say the word. You can use any clue you want to help your team uh, guess whatever you're trying to get them to guess them to guess. So if it was Kim Kardashian, you could say, "Oh, famous family," or you could read the description, or you could say, you know, you could say whatever you want. And then the next round, you shuffle the deck. You might get some of your cards back. The other team might get some of your the, your cards. So you really want to pay attention to what was described. So if I had said big booty for Kim Kardashian in the first round, the next round you can only say one word. So the other team might get the card and somebody might say booty. And then you say Kim Kardashian. So the third round is all charades. So now you have to act out the cards. It's really, really fun. Really, really great. I, it's one of my favorite uh, party games, and I'm so glad because we burnt it out because we played it so many weeks in a row. I'm really, really glad that we got uh, two expansions because I'm, I'm I'm happy to to play that again. So I'm excited about that. So get monikers. I think it's uh, you can go to the website, but try to find it at your friendly local game shop first if you can. All right, and now we're up to last week. All right. Uh, so we had another. We played. We put. Pulled out all the little games. That's right. Oh my gosh, this is this is fun. So let me just go through the list: Agent Hunter, Maximum Throwdown, Naya, Yep, Hive, and then Catan the Dice Game. So uh, Maximum Throwdown and Agent Hunter are a, a little um, AEG games. Um, uh, what's, what is it? Agent Hunter is basically like a come almost like you're trying to. It's almost like a tic-tac-toe, but you're trying to guess the other person's cards. So you basically – you everybody throws out agents. You have three agents in front of you. They're all numbered 1 to one to, one to to 10 or 0 to 9. And then you play one of your agents. Let's say it's a 7 in front of the other card. And then the other person says higher or lower. And you're trying to guess the number. Mm-hmm. And if you can match the card to their agent, that agent gets eliminated. Not tic-tac-toe. What am I saying? Not t- it's not tic-tac-toe. It's, it's more of a match game. It's, yeah, it's kind of like AC Deucey. It's a little bit like AC Deucey almost. But uh, with agents, it's fun. It's a really, really quick game. Then they did a game called Maximum Throwdown, 
Everybody gets a different warrior. There's ninja, dragon. There's like a Viking. And on the back of each of these cards is a number of, um, there's different things like uh, you get points, you can get, uh, have different attacks. And you basically do, you're throwing cards on the table and trying to cover each Literally, other's cards. You're like yeah, tossing you, you, mm-hmm. your card across the table. Yeah, and you're trying to make it land on your opponent's card because if you whatever you cover up, they don't get points for. And there's different attacks you can do. You can keep taking, whittling their hands down and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. It's a little bit of a skill game because you don't think I do not have. you don't think you're going to miss cards in like a huge pile. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just throw it right in the pile. Nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> nope. I find I did best when I didn't aim. Yeah, we were just throwing, and it was like we were literally a foot from the table, too. It wasn't like we were standing back 10 feet. That was fun. When I was really trying to aim, it would like veer off and like not even touch (laughs) the playing surface. You got to do that flippant, just that real flippant, like, kind of like, yep. Naya is a great little game. That's the one I was thinking of. It's like tic tac toe. Yes. You're trying to get four in a row. The pieces are really nice. Four in a square. Yeah, you have a grid of, you have a grid of little cardboard pieces each of them have two different elements from japanese art um and you have to once you take one piece you have to drop uh you you, once you take one piece you drop one of your little um markers and your markers have different nobles japanese nobles on them and what you want to do is you want to get four in a row or a square of four and the rule is when you pick up once the the next person once the first person picks up one of the elements the next person has to have one of the next two of those two elements on his turn. So if you pick up a bird and a tree, the next card you have you pick up has to have either a bird or a tree. We could have any combination of those two things. And so it's a really trying to you're trying to get your line formed before the other person can do it. It's a really really nice uh, like tic tac toe. Really good. I love the pieces on that thing. I think we played that one twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we had uh, hive. Hive is a chess variant, and you're using insects, and the insects all move differently, and you're trying to uh, surround the other person's queen bee. I love that game. Yeah. Very, very quick little strategy game. The, the pocket version is fantastic. You don't need a board. You can play it anywhere, and the pieces are cool. Yeah. The pieces are really, really cool. Really well done game. Pocket Hive is a good one. And then we played Catan the Dice Game. Yep. You dominated me at that. I did. I had a good night. <clears throat> Dom, we we don't play that a lot, but it, we don't get to play Catan with two players. Yeah. So whenever we want to play Catan, we just bust that out, and you get the feel of Catan in about 10 minutes with dice. So it's a little bit different. They modify it, but the dice have all the elements, and you still never get cheap. <laughs> <laughs> or you get too many, depending. What else did we do? All right. Then the next night we play Onitama. Onitama, another chess variant. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a there's a there's a deck of cards with different moves. You play with a sensei and four warriors on a grid. I think it's a I don't know what is it. Well, it's got to be five by something. Yeah, like a five by five grid maybe. No, it's bigger than five by. Five. Is it? Okay. Yeah, and so you have a your sensei. So you can either you can win by either getting your sensei all the way across the board, or by eliminating capturing the other uh, team sensei. So the four or killing all the or capturing all the other guys. Right? No, just the sensei. Oh, I thought it was the other four. You can you just have to go for the sensei. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, then so there's only there's three cards you get. 
You put one on the side of the board. Each of you draws a card, and it has a set of moves, and they're all martial arts moves, like the monkey, the rabbit. And um, it shows you on the card where you can move your piece. You can move any piece you want, but you have to adhere to the rules on that particular card. Then what you do is you place the card. You replace the card. Uh, uh, the, the, the player across from you will pick up the other card. You drop a card, and then you get a new card. So you always have one. You, you always have two moves to choose from, but you only play with the same set of three cards. So no, it's five cards because you each have two. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You have two. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're always switching one, so you always have the same set of five cards. Yeah, so you're rotating through. Mm-hmm. Really, really great uh, chess variant. A lot of fun. Very easy. Um, very fast. You just have to follow the card and see how it moves, and then the rest is up to you to to bring the strategy to it. So, I highly recommend Onitama. And then we played Century Road. I'm not sure. I think that's in the- oh, we have the Century Golem Edition. We actually have two versions of that because I like the Golem Edition uh, so much. I got it. Century Spice Road is a great game. You can find that at uh, all of your friendly local game shops. And you can find Century Golem Edition. If you're only going to get the one, I got Century Spice Road because it's part of a game of three that were all supposed to be kind of interchangeable. Um, and I never, when I got the other, when I saw the other two, I really didn't wasn't that interested in them as much as I was Spice Road. And I really love Spice Road the way it plays. And the Golem Edition has these really nice jewels, and the art is awesome. That's, that's a beautiful game. And it's a beautiful game. So if you're going to get one of them and you don't care about the other games, get Century Golem Edition. It looks like the Iron it Giant on the cover. It plays exactly the same. Yeah, they play exactly the same. The art, I like the art better. Mm-hmm. Much better. And by the way, Splendor People, I like Century better than I like uh, Splendor. So I don't know how people are going to take that, but I love it. Um <clears throat> I think it's easier. Uh, I think it's more engaging for me. I think I feel like it's more engaging because you're trading and you're you're trading gems and you're doing all kinds of stuff and you're thinking moves ahead. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're very. I feel like with Splendor, the fact that you there's only so many tokens. Can, I mean, I know that's part of the strategy, but to me, that feels very limiting. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. I mean, you get kind of the same thing in Century because you have to play the cards that you have, and you can't always. You need to get these gems, and you need to upgrade them and do all that stuff. But I feel like there's more options with Century, so I, I prefer that to Splendor. But uh, if you've never played it, pick it up. And if you're going to pick up one, pick up the Golem Edition. The Golem Edition, Century. Um, which one do you like better? Do you like the regular one, or do you like the... Oh, the Golem Edition. The great thing about the Golem... Both, though. All the components are great. They have uh, the bowls in the in the Century. You have the plastic bowls mm-hmm. for everything, and... Um, <clears throat> the gold, the gold coins are really great. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's a lot of great components. But the Golem Edition, like if you, that's a great. Um, I would say for me that would be a great if you want a a game to to transition into uh, different board games or more modern board games. That's a great transitional game. And great boxes where everything inside has a place and a lid. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not just a box where you throw crap in it and we're, just... We're looking at you, Fantasy Flight. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your cardboard divider. Now put everything in plastic bags and just let it roll around loose in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they do a great... That's great packaging with uh, yeah. Golem Edition and Century Spice Road. Yeah, everything yeah. stays in the box. Love it. 
And then a couple nights later, we did Skyliners. Skyliners we had never played before. It's fine. We it's by Z-Man Games. I think we were both a little uh, underwhelmed. I think when we got it, we were super intimidated by it, and then I think it was. Now we've like it was kind of like eh, yeah. We've that's moved, all there is. We moved beyond it. I mean, it wasn't bad. No, it's fine. It's a fine little. Did we play that one twice? We played it twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it's not going to be on my top ten list. But if you get the right people, that's a great game for introducing somebody to a new new world of video uh, video a new world of board games. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I didn't hate it. It's just we have games that kind of you know. Yeah. I w- I would definitely put before that. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to give one away. Mm, yeah. Shout out to Besotted Geek. You might be getting a copy of Skyliners. <laughs> I, I have some games I'm going to send him, and I have not sent them yet. I have a, I have a, a, a package of games I'm going to send him. I, I talked to him about it. I have not forgotten you, Posada Geek. I'm sorry. But uh, things have just been crazy. But we will get that I don't let him out, out of the house. We, yeah, we will get that shipped out to you. Maybe. And if it's Skylar is in there, you know we're thinking of you. <laughs> clicky, clicky noise. <clears throat> and then that night we also played Paperback. Paperback is one of our favorites. Uh, deck builders. It's a. It's basically a Scrabble variant, mm-hmm. and instead of uh, you're you're using um, letters to you know to make words, and then you're building, you're buying different letters to make longer words, and it's a and lot of fun. Wild letters that everybody uses. It's it's good. Yeah, it's great, great, really good deck builder. If you like deck builders and you you want to try something different than Star Realms or Dominion or one of those, you, you uh, we never get tired of Star Realms here, by the way. Yeah. But. Um, we uh, have played that, but that was before I was done. Yeah, Star I'm looking at all the games that we've played before, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll go over those real quick at the end. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, great deck builder from uh, uh, Paperback. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, and then what else? We have a couple, I know. I'm seeing a couple that we played. Well, the next night was Star Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion, great two-player game. Uh, beautiful, perfect use of the Star Wars theme. The price may put some people off. It's 75 bucks. so if you're new to the gaming uh, world, I would not recommend it. If you're a Star Wars fan, I'd say maybe. Just get somebody to teach it to you. It's not hard. There's a lot of setup, and there's a lot of um, cleanup after every round. You, there's a lot of there's a yeah, lot of moving the, parts. The refresh is crazy. But the, it captures the spirit of Star Wars perfectly, because if you're the Rebel Alliance, you are outgunned, outmanned. The Empire has so much more... At the first turn, the Empire is everywhere. The Empire can just uh, subjugate planets at and will. Produce like they crazy. produce crazy amounts of weaponry. So, what you're really trying to do is, as the Rebel Alliance, is you're running around. You can't beat the Empire in a straight up fight. You can do little hit and run missions here and there, um, but you really have to use your diplomacy to get planets on your side, so that you can get more manufacturing going. Because the more planets you have, the more you can manufacture. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then that is the key to if the Empire finds you, you want to have enough uh, firepower to stave off their attack and get the rebel base moved somewhere else. I did not have that firepower, oh, no. and the rebel base was destroyed. <laughs> but I love Rebellion. Um, I, I want to play it uh, again very soon now that we've. We know how to do it. I want to play while the iron is hot. So. Um, 
Yeah, so some of the other games that we did not get listed here. Wait, wait. I oh. Done. <coughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> I have two more days worth of games. Oh, geez. So then we, uh, last Saturday, we played Santorini, Caruba, Tobago, Splendor, and Century Road again. Okay, Santorini, great two-player game. Yeah. Super cute little game. Based on the city. And you're just, it's basically a three-dimensional tic-tac-toe. You're moving your pieces around, and wherever you land, you can build a, a building in, the, in any one of the adjacent spaces, in one of the eight adjacent spaces. You can build up, but you can only move up one level. And when you get your player, your little piece, to the third level of a building, you win. Mm-hmm. But I can, even if, let's say, Nicole has three stories built, and she's about to move on her next move to that third story... I can move my guy next to the building and put a dome on that building, and now she can't get up there. So it's a really, really fun game. Beautiful box. The box is adorable. Yeah. The pieces are cool. Yeah, yeah, you have a little... Yeah. It's fun. Really, really fun. Really easy. Again, very very quick to teach. Very quick. Yeah. We played that twice (coughs) in no time. That's another great little gateway game that uh, if you you like those. Um, Karuba is a game where everybody has their own... A uh, little map, and um, players draw and explore and draw a temple, and they take turns placing them. You place the um, place the explorers on one side of the board, temple on another side of the board. Everybody has uh, the same set of 32 tiles. The starting player does it bingo style, calls out a number. On each of those tiles, there's a path. You have to start laying a path for your explorers to get to the temple. You have to build them a little road. Um, some are intersections, some are turns, some are straight straight paths. And the way you move is you discard pieces and however many ends are on each path. So let's say you have a straight piece it goes from one end to the other. There's two ends, so you get two moves. Or if you have an intersection, that's four. Um, and you have to figure out when to discard and how to get your, your guys to the temples. So you get points for this treasure you're going to pick up along the way. This treasure in the temples that you get points for. Really, really cool little game. And I like the idea that everybody has their own board and they're playing it differently. Mm-hmm. So you're all playing together, but everybody's got a different strategy for how to get to where they're going. So you can kind of see if it works out or doesn't work out. But yep. uh, Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Tobago's a great game. Unfortunately, it's out of print in the United States. I bought my copy on eBay right when we were getting into the hobby. I saw them talking about it on dice tower and i loved it i loved the pieces and they were just raving about it so i ordered a, i found it in, a, from a, a website in germany um i don't think they've reprinted it in the united states yet but you basically have a map the map is different every time you play um there's an auction element to it you're basically just treasure hunting on this island and you you play cards and each card you play eliminates one space of where this treasure might be there's four different treasures at any given time and you'll put down a card that says, okay, it's in the biggest mountain range. And then you'll put down another card that says, it's in the biggest mountain range, but it's not next to a hut. And so you start taking pieces out. And then when you find out where the treasure is, you go there. Everybody who contributed to that map now has an option to, uh, now has a, an option to auction or get the treasure auctioned off. So it's really, really fun, really cool. Always different every time you play it. Yeah. There's idols that move. They drop amulets. Um, the pieces are really, really great. I love that game. I love it a lot. 
um, one of my favorite, one of my favorites. And then we also played that night. Um, we played Century Road again. We played Century Road, and then uh, did you do last night? Yeah. Um, Scarabia? Yeah. Or Scarabia. I never, I think it's Scarabia. And Machicoro. And Machicoro, Machicoro, 30 minute Monopoly. Some people like it, some people hate it. We like it. If you want to replace your Monopoly game, buy Machicoro. You'll play it in 30 minutes. You roll some dice, you buy some properties, and you build, build, build. It's a lot of fun. Um, Scarabia is a great blue orange. I can never say enough about blue orange games. Always very, very uh, inviting, easy to play. Um, some of them are aimed at like younger players, but we have quite a few of the blue orange games. And um, there's not a bad one in the bunch that we've played. Uh, we like them all. In Scarabia, you basically, basically you each have, everybody has their own map. And then you pull these pieces out. They look like Tetris pieces. You start laying them in your map. You got to make sure that they follow the rules of placement but as you're covering as you're going through you're covering up these little scarabs that are on your board and you want to try to keep as many of those exposed as possible because they will score you points at the end of the at the end of the game so um it's a really really fun very easy game to learn very easy game to play scaribia keep playing those uh, blue orange games they're they're a lot of fun um king domino is another blue orange game that we have that one's a great one. Um, we have a few more. I can't I think of them off the top of my head, but we end up loving them all. Um, yeah, so that's what we've played that we had written down. I know we've also played the Harry Potter deck builder. Mm-hmm. That's another one that we really, really recommend. Um, we love deck builders. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, and I love it. If you have never played a deck builder, buy that game. If you like Harry Potter, buy that game. Because it's going to teach you how to play a deck builder. You play it in phases. And the phases follow the chapters of the book. And as you play the game, it gets more and more complicated. And you, um, by the time you're done, you have a really, really solid deck builder. And you'll know how to play deck builders. You can pick up Paperback and play it. You can pick up Star Realms and play You can pick up Clank and play that. Um, really, really awesome. I wish that more companies would do that. Yeah. With teaching like a new game mechanic, but using a property that people want to buy, because Harry Potter fans are going to buy that game. It looks great. It's a great box. Um, I, we also played a one of the Sherlock Holmes ones that I didn't like. Oh, we played the Sherlock Holmes puzzle box. You did not like that. Yeah, one. I did not like that. That was the one I got on an English website. I don't. It's not really like a like a. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, we did not do. It was more like abstract puzzles rather than actual mysteries and we really didn't it didn't really fit the theme so i was very disappointed in it um <clears throat> we've also oh we played lewis and clark we twice, played Lu- right? we played lewis and clark twice no, two nights we continued at the next one night. of our absolute favorite worker placement games one of my favorite games i think of all time yeah um beautiful art we love it you love it mm-hmm. i love it um uh it's a really great worker placement game again you know, the term elegant comes to mind just because there's a little bit of the um, seven wonders where you're sharing resources. Um, you're, there's a, there's a, you know, you're, you're moving. It's a race. It's a race game. You're trying to get to uh, Oregon from uh, it's, it's from St. Louis. It's wonderful. I love that game. Um, Lewis and Clark. Uh, we played Teotihuacan. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little bit more of an in-depth um, worker placement. We really didn't get to, 
we did like a demo of it. We didn't really get to play, play, get our teeth into it, but I liked what I played. We played Favelas. Favelas, that's another nice little game that, that fits, fits along with like that very easy, but it fits along like the, the same kind of puzzles as like Sagrada and uh, Azul. <clears throat> and you're placing uh, different, you're building a favela in uh, Rio and you have to place color on color. And uh, you want to give your, you get bonuses for all the different colors in your in your neighborhood. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we played Revolver by Mark Chaplin. Revolver is a card game. It's an old West card game, kind of like Romans Go Home, where uh, you match cards up to one another, and you you know you're trying to one team is trying to get to Mexico, and the other team is the uh, is the is the lawman uh, chasing for him in the old West. That's a lot of fun. Um, it's a little hard to find. It's a little hard to find. Um, <clears throat> we tried the new Villainous expansion. We did try the new Villainous expansion. You liked it. Um, I like it enough. You like it enough. Villainous, for me, here's the thing with Villainous. It kept getting put on the table. I would get to game night a little bit late. They would already be playing Villainous. So I'd wait. And then I'd go play something else. And everybody would come away from that thing raving, and I could never get in on a game. So when I finally got to play it, I was playing with people who were already good at it, because they had all played. I, of course, was just trying to figure it out. I've got to figure it out. It's not a hard game. I will say that it's better than you would think for an intellectual property from Disney. It could have been like a cash grab. They actually made an effort to make it like a like a decent game. Yeah. For me, the, some of the characters just overpowered, and a lot of it has to do with where you... It's luck of the draw. Um, the last time we played, I was Radigan, and I had so many things I had to accomplish, and all of the cards ended up at the bottom of the deck. Yeah. So there was nothing I could do. And that's like the second or third time that's happened to me playing that game. So I just don't enjoy it as much as other people. I think the components are great, but for me, I just don't enjoy it as much as other people. But if you're a Disney fan and you want to get into uh, the, the next level of gaming, by all means, pick it up. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I just played very. I've played games that are better and more entertaining for me than than uh, villainous. So I feel like every time I play, I'm I'm always struggling, <clears throat> and it could just be I'm bad at villainous. That could be it. Sometimes you gotta just uh, let yourself, you know. Let you you gotta be honest with yourself sometimes, you know. You know what I'm saying? I've done a lot of talking, Nicole. What? Why don't you take over and tell us, like, out of the games that we've played? Like, what, what are some games you want to get back to? Oh, goodness. I don't know. <laughs> or what are some games as you're looking at the wall of games here that we have? Well, uh, I'm just looking. We also played, um, like, the Near and Far, Above and Below. We played those. Two, oh, we played, we? Uh, we played Islebound mm-hmm. oh, by Red yeah. Raven Games, and we played uh, The Ancient World. Two really great games by Ryan Lockett. We lo- we have all almost all of his games. We really like his stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> And uh, uh, Islebound and Ancient World are really, really good. Good games. Yeah. Good, fun games. Beautiful art. Again, the art. Uh, Oh, we played Archaeology. Archaeology is a quick little card game where you're, you know, you get the sand sword and can come in. Oh, yeah, yeah, Or you get a thieves to come in and steal your treasure. You're trying to, it's basically a set collection game. We played Jaipur, another set collection game. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another great little two-player game. Where you're, you know, set in a marketplace and you're trying to uh, uh, collect different sets of value of valuables. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, we've played a lot we've of games. We've played a lot of games. We've played a lot. So, And we still have so many more to go. We played Codenames Duet. We like that. Oh, yeah. Seven Wonders Duel was great. Um, that other little fox game I got you for Christmas. Oh, the fox in the... Fox in the Forest. Yes. Fox in the Forest. Yeah, that's a, that's a little trick-taking game. Yeah, that one's good, too. Yeah, we've played a lot of games. So we'll be back. We just want to give you guys an overview of what we've been playing, um, just to talk about the stuff that we like, and uh, just hopefully we've talked to, we've hit a, we've hit some kind of nerve with you guys in a positive way. <laughs> I know my voice has probably hit a nerve with you in other ways, but uh, yeah, we want, to, we want people to get out there and game and... Um, this is the situation we've been waiting for. This is why we built this game room. This is what we've been waiting for. And almost every night we take out a different game and play it. And uh, depending on the night. And I'm glad we spent all this stuff. We, we spent a lot of uh, time researching the smaller games, the quicker games. Mm-hmm. Because a, a, a lot of times, even though I'm not working, you're working still. Yeah, and I work really early. So you have to get up early. And so it'd be great to sit down and play Something like Big Trouble in Little China or, you know, Ray Guns and Rocket Ships or something where we set up and it's a lot of fun and do that kind of stuff. But we can't always do that. So a game of Llama or a game of Quicks or, you know, something like that where we can just knock it out in like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a lot because we have that. We well, have that. get a couple games in and you feel like. Yeah, we spent. We just we spend, had a mini game night. Well, the, also, it's the, the fact that board games really you get to spend time together yeah so we'll make a cocktail we'll sit down and we'll just you know check out you know what we're going to play and um there are a lot of great resources too for learning video games i mentioned watch it played um there's a lot of great review sites like shut up and sit down on youtube and the dice tower and they all do great work and you can find people that you like and just follow them that's what we did with um when we first got into board games we would watch tabletop with will wheaton and we'd watch them play games and it wasn't necessarily a breakdown of how to play the games but you saw how the games worked and you saw whether or not they'd be fun we picked a lot of our early games from that um uh watch it played with uh not watch it played uh rotto rotto runs through is another guy that's great for game for game demos and he's great if you have two players um he'll show you because it's him and his wife so most of the stuff he's reviewing is for two players um, <clears throat> some of the games I want to get to that are still on the art of the uh, shelf of shame. We have Archipelago and Robinson Crusoe, and I really, really want to get to Robinson Crusoe. Um, and there's some games that we have we haven't revisited. I've been have a hankering to play Istanbul and Five Tribes and Yokohama, and some of those we've only played once or twice. So uh, I'm looking forward to much more gaming with you. Yeah. Is there anything on the board that you see that you... Well, you mentioned it earlier, but I was like, oh, I forgot about King Domino. I like that, because you can get... It's a pretty quick game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I like that we're doing, like, different things, and then we do kind of have our set of, like, llama and quicks and stuff before when it's like, I don't have a lot of time, or I'm exhausted, mm-hmm. but, or I just need to stay up for another hour before I go to bed, or whatever, mm-hmm. so... Because I'm the kind of person I will... We have done this before. Like when we first started gaming, you and I talked about we'd see things like Twilight Imperium and go, "There's no way I could ever sit and play like a three-hour game." We've done it. Mm-hmm. We've we've done it now. We've done it with uh, Rebellion setting up, watching the instruction, everything took about three hours, mm-hmm. and we had 
drinks and we just hung out and it took up a whole Saturday evening. Yes, it did. But it was fun. I had fun doing it. I mean, yeah, it was good. And you had fun because you won. Of course. So that's exciting to me when you can spend that kind of time and it doesn't feel like it's wasted. You know? So talk a little bit. I think you should kind of mention some of the things that we've been doing remotely or online or whatever. Oh, <clears throat> yes. Um, that's. I think, you know, we can't get together with our friends, but we've spent a couple of nights where we're with the board game group on house party yep. and it feels like, Oh my gosh, I got to hang out with my friends. Like it just feels like a good connection. Yeah. We, we, we use house party. Some people use zoom. Um, what I did is I took games like witch and wagers say anything, um, uh, geek out the pop culture edition. And I just turn them into like trivia game shows. And so we get everybody together. I keep the score or, you know, with something like Say Anything, I can participate and keep the score. And you just modify them. So for, like, Wits and Wagers, uh, which is things where you have to bet on everybody's, you know, w- bet what you're going to do, I just did a Price is Right thing and made it closest to without going over. And you read the question, like, you know, what mm-hmm. what's the, what's the you know, you know, if you laid out a, a, a tub of uh, red vines end to end, how long, how many feet would it be, you know, and then mm-hmm. closest without going over. Because that's a great game because those questions are impossible to know. You're never yeah. going to know them. So it's not like who's the smartest. It's like who can guess the best. Yeah. Um, say anything is a little bit like match game when you play that, like, you know, when you when you play it um, uh, online. And then um, there's a game called List It, and I found a, pl- a print and play version of that. And uh, we've used that um, to play games. So uh, I'm looking at modifying things like um, Wavelength, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just get together and run it like that because that's a lot of fun, and it's a good way to reach out to people. Um, if you know, some I think everybody wants to be entertained right now. Yeah, I think everybody wants to you know. It's feel nice like- to be able to see like <clears throat> to see your friends, to laugh, and just have a good time. And and look, I know there's a lot of people out there. You know, they're, they're restrict, they're lifting restrictions everywhere, but not everybody is uh, ready to run out and. Uh, just embrace life again, and I don't blame you. Um, these are still scary times, so uh, board games are a great way to connect with people in your home, mm-hmm. um, and they're a great way to connect with people outside of your home if you want to uh, put a little effort into it and make uh, you know make like a game night out of it. Just do it like a game show style, like yeah. Jeopardy or something. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I have a list of game, a short list of games that I want to definitely want to get to play. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna start break we're gonna start breaking the minis out, the little mini figs. We're gonna play some Imperial Assault. We're gonna play some uh, some some Big Show in Little China. You look excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're good at the uh, anything with dice. You're always good at. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to play Imperial Assault. You can just do what you did to me in Rebellion. You're just doing it at the squad level now. I don't understand where this this sudden chagrin for those styles of games. Is there a game that you do not like to play? Is there a style of game that we play that you you can leave? You're like, eh, not really for me. I mean, not not really a style of game. I mean, there's very few games that we've played that I was just like, ugh. Aside from Among the Stars, what's another one? Um... What was that one? It's based on a movie about the aliens. 
become the thing. No, it's like a I don't know, eighty not an eighties a nineties movie maybe. Predator. No, aliens come down and they have the glass head thing. Mars Attacks. Yes, I did not like that game. Which one was that one? It was called Mars Attacks. What did we do in it? I don't remember, but I did not enjoy that game at all. I think that was one we did not finish. Is it? Was it the one with the dice? I believe it had dice and different. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got. We don't have that one anymore. Okay. Good. Yeah. That was just a dice chucker. But there was something about it that I was just like, no. Hmm. You didn't like the theme, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and you know, like the the games we've not finished are games because I don't like them. Yeah. Which it's been few and far between. Mm-hmm. Like that Sherlock Holmes one just made me feel stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, Photosynthesis, that's the other blue orange game I was thinking of. That's a good one though. We don't hate that one. No. We haven't played that one in a while. We gotta bust that one out. All right. Well, Let's wrap it up. Okay. It's been an hour and 15 minutes of mostly me talking. <laughs> Welcome to my life, people. All right. <clears throat> give, give us a recommendation. What, what is your... Mm. Give us a... Well, like I said earlier, I love Ticket to Ride. It's just it's a simple game, but I love it. It's just... That's your, that's your pick? That's just one that I always... If, if people are going to buy one game pick up uh i would say yeah to, especially newer people to the to you the, know i'm not um like obviously i've played a lot of these games with you and stuff but i'm still not as into it as you are like i'm not as deep in the world no i, I i'm the one reading the reviews and then doing all the like, yeah with the ear to the ground and then i come home and i go hey check this out and i'm like oh, okay cool yeah um <laughs> I'm like, let's play Ticket to Ride. I, there's nothing wrong with wanting to play Ticket to Ride. I have games that I, I never get sick of. Like Mission Red Planet, I will play that at the drop of a hat. Like the second we have enough people, I'm like, let's play Mission Red Planet. Like that to me is like top. That's probably my one of my favorite board games of all time is Mission Red Planet. I will play that the drop of And that's of, one thing I think I like about Ticket to Ride is it's a great two-player game. But when you put more people, it's still as good. Like it's it doesn't lose anything either way. Give me your give me your other give me your other go tos. Give me give me a top five real quick. Oh goodness! Oh my word! Oh my! Because you're looking at them. We have them right here in front of us. Yeah. I'm gonna come up with a quick top five just off the top of looking at the games that we have right now. I'm gonna give you a quick top. Okay. That way people will know where we're coming from. So you do one, I'll do one. So we won't put them in any order. So ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. I'll go. Mission Red Planet is one is one of mine. Is one of my go tos. Um, I'm gonna go Splendor. I do really enjoy that game, even though I lost it. I lost that. That was the only game I lost that night. What's funny is you my favorite game of the night. What's funny is you you lost at Splendor and I lost at Century. Golem, and I like that over Splendor. Yeah. So I was going to actually put, I was going to say Century. I'm going to put that in my top five right now. My current top five. Um, I always enjoy Dixit. I, that sentence did not end the way I thought it was going <laughs> to The way you hoped it was going to so, end? Yeah, let, uh, let's, uh, let's, so wait, let me write this down. She always enjoys, no, um, so I'm going to write them down so I have them because I'm going to put the list. So you you said Ticket. Ticket to ride. Uh huh. And then uh, Splendor. Splendor and Dixit. 
I said Mission Red Planet and Golem. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. We 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 can never play this together, but the thing, uh, out uh, uh, outbreak and outpost. No, but we can never play it. Oh, just oh. the two of us because oh, yeah, yeah. it's so like, it's- hey, I wonder who the alien is. Yeah. Oh, it must be you. I guess you could play it. It'd be like the end of the movie. Um, but I love that game. It's my favorite social deduction game. Um, the minis are completely useless, but still, I love it. And um, it's one of my all-time favorites. It's out of print, and it, right now it's like 200 bucks. Dang. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do another printing, I heard. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I know. So... I really enjoy in game night when we're all just like laughing our heads off. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of between, and these, I'm between, like it's kind of a tie with like privacy and what do you meme? Because when we played the not suitable for work, what do you meme? We were idiots. Okay. We laughed. I mean, that was a great time. You like a good party game? Yeah, I like a good party game where you're going to laugh and, you know, slightly inappropriate. Like with privacy, the questions can be a little off color, what have you. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, yes, yeah, if I was going to pick one of those, I would go with monikers because when people have to act out the inappropriate cards, it always makes me laugh. <laughs> that always, it takes we it up. We had one of those the other night and I was like, how do I? It's just me and you, and I still can't figure it out. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw Star Wars Rebellion in my top five because Outer Rim is good too. But uh, I feel like Star Wars Rebellion is the Star Wars experience in a box, and uh, you really feel like you know the characters from the movie and everything. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Rebellion. What do you got? One more. One more. Eee. I know. Round. There's so many that could go in the five spot that I'm just. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. You know, I think I'm gonna go, and I've been playing this. Um, I just bought it, and I've been playing this with some of the girls. Uh, Sagrada. Sagrada. That's a good one. Beautiful, in person. And it's uh, $6.99, one-time purchase. You can play online with your friends. Do those Google surveys. I ended up paying like $0.47 cents for mine because I had so much in Google survey money. Let, so. me, let me tell you something, though. You go, to your, you go to your friendly local game shop and you get it. You get those beautiful dice. Yeah, oh yeah. In person, it's beautiful. Translucent right dice. Oh, yeah, if you want to play it online. Translucent. My top five, I'm going to throw in uh, Lewis and Clark because we talked about it. My favorite worker placement. Uh, I love worker placement games. I like heavy, not heavy, medium, thinky games. I really dig that. Like, I like to sit down. Let's knock this game out for, like, the next two hours. We're going to sit here. We're going to do some strategy. And they usually, because a lot of those uh, worker placement games are historical. Like, you know, you get, the, you get stuff, you know, like, like like we talked about. We have one that's based on the Mayan calendar, Zolkin. We have uh, Teotihuacan, you know, Lewis and Clark. They're all, um, <clears throat> they're all you know historically based. So, and some of them get a little sad with oh. The historical. Oh yeah, yeah. We have Freedom, the Underground Ooh. Railroad. That one's a depressing. 
But uh, uh, yeah, those are that's gonna be that's a good top five, Nicole. I feel like you. Feel I think like that's a very me top five. Ticket, ticket to ride, Splendor, Dixit. Um, Did you just snore? No, I went. <laughs> no, like. Oh, because. Because I said Dixit. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean, Sagrada? Sagrada is a good one. It's it's it's. See, when you look at Splendor and you look at Sagrada, the fact that those are both in there. So I said, uh, Mission Red Planet, the Golem Edition, the Thing, Rebellion, and uh, what was the last one I said? Oh, Lewis and Clark. My uh, <clears throat> my my coming in off the bench, my sixth man would be Yinch. Abstract strategy Yinch would be would be my sixth man coming in off the bench. So, I think if I had to choose my sixth man, it might be Onitama. Onitama's a good one too. Yeah, those those little strategies. The hive is in there, dude. I mean, if you ask me next week, my game my games are going. But those are games that we've because there's games that we have we started out with. Mm-hmm. Like we hardly play King of Tokyo anymore. It's not bad. But we've just had dice games that we play. Like, I'd rather play Star Trek Five Year Mission than King of Tokyo. Oh yeah, Star Trek Five Year. That's a great game. That's a great fun game for a lot of people. You know, I'd rather play. So you know, we have Small World. Small World is like a risk replacement game, right? I haven't touched Small World in a long time because we have other games that kind of like area control games that are kind of like you know I like Small World, but I you know there's other games that I'll pick before it. So that doesn't mean I'm going to get rid of it or I hate it. It's just when you start playing these games, you realize, oh, somebody came out with something, and it's a little bit different. Yeah. Also, I have the the digital copy of Small World, and I play that a lot, so mm. I don't feel like I need to pull the board game out so, so much. I'm surprised no deck builders made my top five. Me too. I Star- love a deck builder. Star Realms. We played that a lot at the beginning. I still will play it. I still mm-hmm. have a hankering to play it. Yeah, well, well, I mean, like I said, it, it can change. But yeah, those are my top five right now. But <clears throat> some of those will be all time. I feel like Mission Red Planet I never get tired of. So, all right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I hope you guys aren't too bored of hearing us just ramble on about uh, board games for 90 yeah. minutes. And I only started keeping track of games on April, like I said, April 19th. So we'll be back with more. We just wanted to give you a review, an idea of what's going on over here. It's literally a month's worth of games we just went over. If you guys have any suggestions about a game you'd like us to demo or something you want to hear us talk about or maybe something you know we've played that we haven't talked about, uh, please let us know. Once we get back to normal, everybody, um, we'll be doing reviews of <clears throat> new new games that we've been picking up. We have a lot of new games that we, have, we were playing toward right before uh, everything broke out. Um... And uh, we never got to review them for you. We were looking at getting this podcast off the ground again, but we wanted to do a special one-off. Just so you know, the boarding party is still going. It's a, it's a, still a going concern. And uh, we will be back with reviews as soon as we possibly can. Until then, uh, stay safe and stay healthy, please, and keep gaming. All right? I don't know. I don't have a, a clever saying. Do you have a clever saying? Was, wasn't it something about the meeples being in your favor? May the meeple. I was. Who was it? May the dice be ever in your favor. May the dice be with you. May the dice be with you. <laughs> they weren't when I played Rebellion. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Until next time, <clears throat> we'll see you soon. <laughs>